Hi, this is Vicente, and you are listening to Torrevieja Talk. Hola, my name is George, captain of Torrevieja. You are listening to Torrevieja Talk. Hola, me llamo Vicente y estáis escuchando Torrevieja Talk. Good evening, thank you for joining us on this week's Toy Vieja Talk, episode 11, Squad Editions. My name is Paul from, to- from the Toy Vieja Penna, the FMC. I'm Chris from the Football Club. And I'm Paul from the Merseyside Association of Toy I want to say a huge welcome to everyone who's listening on YouTube, SoundCloud and iTunes. So let's get into this week's discussion. We've got two big talking points this week, Paul. We've got the away game at Elche. And then a little bit later, we'll talk about the changes to the squad this week. Yeah, so it's a big week for for, for the Toro Vieca. Um, first of all, we're on the weekend on Saturday, we had a 1-1 draw with Elche Ilicitano. Um we'll, we'll go into this in more detail, but coming up to the game, we thought, you know, a draw was a, was a fantastic, would have been a fantastic result. But actually seeing the performance, we feel a little bit gutted we didn't get all three points there, Chris. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's worth remembering that Elche are right up in the playoffs at the moment as well. Uh, and without being completely biased, we we battered them on the, on the day. Uh, and how we didn't come away with all three points is, is still a complete mystery. Uh, well, it's we know why we didn't come away with three points. Yet again, our, we, we we failed to to put a team to bed when we've got all the all the possession. But yeah, we we totally outplayed them. I think um, things are looking up though, Chris. In the last few weeks. Um... I think we'd have lost this game a couple of weeks ago, so I suppose that's a, a good sign. At the end of the day, this Elche side are players who the first team of Elche might be hoping at some point can step up, or players who have maybe just dropped down. Um, so I, going away from home, I, as you say, we, we should have won it, but I, I guess taking a draw away from them isn't too bad. Yeah, I mean, at the start of the day... For, for sure, I mean, I actually, I actually said to the guy that I was watching the game with, two-two would be the result. So, so I got the draw right. Um, but it, yeah, it was, for me, it was the best performance of the season. We we moved, uh, we, we defended well, apart from the set piece for the goal. Um, we we moved the ball really well through the midfield. Brani and Juan Mar out on the wings were dangerous all the time. Cesar did a really good job up front on his own. Uh, we we played we just played really really well. Quintero moved in to play in the holding role in midfield, uh, so we were playing sort of a a four three three four one four one sort of sort of shape, um, and he was he was brilliant, absolutely brilliant at the base of the field. His, his passing was was spot on all the time. He was reading the game, intercepting, winning the big tackles. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a really positive performance, and it was just such a shame that that we didn't get the three points that we deserved because that would have sent out a really big message um, to the teams around us. And especially when the three new players weren't even involved, then to bring three quality players into a side that's starting to get some confidence, things start to get really interesting. Just wanted to say there, Chris, I mean, it shows how well that Quintero did in that, you know, unusual position because he got man of the match as well. Yeah, well, so, he, he he got my man of the match. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it was an official one, but um, but that's I official for us. That that'll do. Um, yeah, he he was really good, and I, I believe it is a position that he can play. It's not just a sudden sort of random. Oh, let's stick mm. him in there and see what he can do. Um, I was I was happy to see Matej playing at centre half alongside Jorge. I actually thought that when I saw the the team sheet that there was a risk that Pedreño might move Jorge back up into centre midfield and. And having seen how well he played the week before when he, when Jorge was man of the match in the, in the previous game, 
I, I really didn't want to see Jorge moving out of the back line. Uh, and Matej, although he came on and did the sort of the defensive midfield bit for the last 10, 15 minutes against Oriuela, again, I wanted to see him at the back. So Quintero moving into that midfield position was, was a great move. And he's, he's got the technical ability to be able to actually, he's, he's, not, a, he's not your typical sort of centre-back where he, all he can do is defend. The, the guy can bring the ball out and play and he's got a great range of passing as well. So it was a, it was a really good move. I think it's um, it, it was nice to see Paul that well it wasn't nice to see but the only goal conceded was the set piece. Oh, it's shocked. um, <laughs> it obviously in in one sense it's shown that in general play the team is getting a lot more solid. We're not conceding goals, but then again it's another set piece. We've been conceding far too many this way this season. Yeah, uh, but so- I mean, just one thing on that one. What we've got to take away is a pos- one of the positives is that Nuru scored it. It's actually top scorer in the division at the minute. You know, it's the seventh of the season out of ten games. So I, t- I take I take even more issue with that statement. If he's the top scorer in the league, why the hell is he loitering unmarked at the back post for a, for a sodding corner? It's it's it, it, it's it's really it's the basics. You can forgive a team if they get opened up and there's a brilliant bit of skill and and they score a goal. Fair enough. You you have to hold your hands up to that one. But when you've clearly conceded goals from set pieces throughout the season and in pre season, we were terrible at it. But then to let the, the tallest guy on the pitch, who's the top scorer in the league, have a free header at the far post from a corner, it, that, that, is just, that is absolutely awful. And it was so, the, the, the only redeeming feature of the whole thing was that the team didn't crumble at that point and the confidence didn't sort of nosedive like it did against Crevalente when, when we conceded. They, sort of, they, they did literally just roll their sleeves up and get on with it. But it was, oh, no, there's, there's no saving grace in that at all. It was just you think- poor. Do you think that with that, as you said, the, the poor defending at the corner and, or the poor marking, should I say? I mean, the game was only 10 minutes old at that point. You know, do, do you think the guys were a little bit, you know, still trying to find their feet with a bit of a new position with the holding midfielder? And, no, because you know. you, the, the, if, if, the, if our changing room is like any changing room any of us have probably played in, and I, I mean, I know when I was managing a side, I'd be, I'd be labouring this point as they walk out the, the, the door. Make sure you know who your men are at the set pieces. Make yeah. sure you know where you've got to be at the set pieces. Make sure you're switched on at set pieces all the time, all the time. It does not matter whether Quintero, I'm not, and it wasn't Quintero who wasn't picking them up, so I'm not blaming him, but using him as the example. It doesn't matter if Quintero's moved from centre-half to centre-forward um, in, in a change midway through the game. You're still picking up the same man at the corner. It, it it doesn't matter. So so no. Again, there's it doesn't matter if it's the first minute or the 89th minute. You've got to be switched on at set pieces. What um what what's the excuse here, Chris? Is it um is it zonal marking or was it very poor man marking? Actually, I I, I think it was poor man marking. Um, having, having looked at it, um, but I've 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 got to point the finger at the coaching staff on on this one because these are the things that you're working on during the week. These are the things that you should be drilling and drilling and drilling on the training training ground, exactly. If you can get nothing else right over the course of a a week, make sure you know what you're doing on defending set pieces. And Pedreño would have known what his team was uh, sort of a good couple of days in advance of this this game. There were no last-minute surprises. Martin was ruled out with injuries sort of midway during the week. So, So everyone knew what they were going to be doing. Um, and you just got to, and again, I would have thought one of the last things you would have said was, and make sure, and using Jorge as an example, Jorge, make sure you're picking up their number nine from the corners. So yeah. it's, it's, th- th- there are, there are no excuses. It is, it's, it's down to the, it's down to the coaching and, and the players on that. But look, 
taking away from the reason that goal is so frustrating is that it cost us three points, as did our inability to finish the chances. But we played so well that it's um, that's why conceding a goal from a set piece is even even more frustrating. I think um, let's obviously up. We can say let's hope they do some set-piece drills because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's no disrespect to the quality of players at, at specific levels, but when you're low down the down the table, set-pieces can make or break games. Oh, God, yeah. Because yeah. it doesn't matter how good you are, you, you can header a ball um, and at least put it roughly on target. So if a ball's put, it, put in, you can either header it up one lucky strike and it's in. So we really do need to focus on set-piece defending and, and offensively because at the end of the day it can make or break a game. Definitely. If the guy if the guy had wrestled himself above two markers and got a top header into the corner from uh, into the top corner from that corner, fair enough. But he was totally unmarked. He had a free jump and he was able just to head it straight past straight past Oscar. Yeah. But um, well, we'll move on and st- stay positive. Um, like like we say, we would have lost this a couple of weeks ago. So Toby Echo definitely on the right path, Paul. Um, only three bookings this game. Yeah, so it, it seems like that kind of side of the game is definitely well under control. That's like four games in the trot now that we've only got three bookings, which is really good. Um, whether we that's a nod at the hat at the standard of refereeing as well. That you know we, there was a few other games in the league this weekend where there was eleven and twelve cards dished out. So you know. Hopefully, it's not just the fact that we've been graced with decent refereeing. Um, but yeah, that, that, that side of the game has definitely improved. Yeah, um, the goal we scored, it was a long ball up the pitch. Um, keeper unsure sees that, takes advantage, Chris. Yeah, um, I have to admit, I did, I did burst out laughing when we equalised because it was such, it's such a bizarre goal in the fact that it was... You'd see that goal 30, 40 times if you go and watch a bit of Sunday League, Sunday League football back, back in England. Matej just literally stuck his foot through the ball to clear it away from danger. It sailed over everyone, over their two centre-backs. Cesar's has taken a bit of a gamble. All their goalkeeper had to do was come out of the area and just clear the ball, but he just, he just froze. So Cesar's got a, a, a very easy sort of run onto the ball. Uh, and then it, to be fair to me, he took it really, really well. It was a very, very good finish because, I mean, he's had to run half the length of the pitch before he's even been able to get the ball under control. So then to have the calmness of mind to be able to finish was, was fantastic. But, the, uh, but, yeah, but the goal itself was not exactly a collector's item. Not, not one to talk about too much. Go on, Paul. <laughs> I was just going to say, not wanting to be negative about it because obviously that's the goal that got us the draw. <clears throat> excuse me but the fact that as we were just talking about the, the set pieces and stuff like that is that a little bit scary that the fact that the goal that we got was a very random opportunist moment ball hoofed up it was you know it was never any kind of structured move not so was- not so much if that had been our only <laughs> shot on goal in the entire game yes definitely but we carved them open time and time and time again and in and in many different ways as well so, yeah, if that had been literally the only chance we'd had and we'd scored it, I think that would have been as much of a concern as the bad defending from a set piece. But, no, we, we, we were very creative in our attacking play, uh, particularly on the counter-attack. We were very quick, very direct, but we, we were causing them problems from, from different areas. I think um, to end the review on this week's game, can we go to the staff, man? <laughs> OK, so it, it's quite an interesting one so far. So, 10 games played and... Vicente Boys is the only one who's played every single minute of, of, of every game. Um, we've the, the struggling thing that we have is we've actually cons- sorry scored ten goals 
So it's only one a game. That's where we need to start improving. And again, you know, this game we've, we've got just the one. Um, the interesting thing that I wanted to come on to is what we'll talk about, we'll come up to next with the new players, is we had Rafa Gomez uh, came on on the bench but didn't come on to the plate. Um, Eddie is the surprise that's left us, that's, that, that's got to me. So he made five appearances out of those 10 games. He got 435 minutes and then left. Um, then you... Okay. Chris, is there any thoughts on Eddie leaving? Any reason behind it? Um, well, I think, I think the Eddie, Eddie struggled a lot with injuries last year. Um, a lot with injuries. And to, to be fair, when he's played this year, he has played well, but he's not been able to sort of string together sort of regular performances because there's been the odd niggle here, the, nod, the odd niggle there. Uh, at the end of the day, and look, let's bring, let's bring a football manager into it. When you want to bring in signings that are probably a cut above what you've got already, they're going to cost a little bit more cash than, uh, than, than, than they would normally. You've got to free up some wage budget. So at the end of the day, we've got a very strict budget, which we're trying to adhere to in terms of, in terms of the players. And sometimes you've got to make some tough calls to be able to free up some budget to be able to bring, to bring the players that you want to bring in. Uh, and that's what's happened this time around. Um, I don't, with Eddie, I don't think it's so much a case of Eddie is not good enough for a place in our squad. But when you look at the at the what it would free up to to let him go and and the position that he's playing in where we do have plenty of cover as well, then I can understand why that decision was made. It's really hard on the guy because he's a, he's a good player and had got himself fitter than he looked last season. Um, but decisions have to be made for the, for the good of the squad overall. Really, I think that takes us back to the the moment earlier on in the season when Orbello was let go. Still think about that daily. Yes. Um, Oh god! If only, if only we could have got a fraction of Abella's football manager goals into the team, we'd be top of the league. Um, I think what we'll do is we're just going to quickly go through Chris the um, the players who did leave just for our football manager fans, just so you know when FM sixteen comes out, when you get the database, who will be there and who will not be. So Eddie Bellon has left. Ricardo yeah. Cavas, why? Why did he leave? Um, Ricardo Cabas was one of Pedronio's first signings in the summer. Um, he's, he's, he was 41 years old, very experienced player, played at a good level. Um, but to be fair, when he's played the season, he, for me, just hadn't looked up to the pace of the game. Uh, and I think then again, with the other options that, that we've got in the squad and with, uh, with Javi Selvas coming in, uh, Cabas was one of the more likely players to, to move on. Same okay. with that, and it's exactly the same with David Rivers. Rivers was only ever really brought in as a as a backup centre back. Sort of, if everyone else is injured, then then we'll, we can rely on this guy. But again, with with looking to bring in Selvas, who's a very high quality defender, it makes sense that David Rivers has has moved on. Right. Okay. And um, one fan, that was a bit of a shock to see his name getting released. Yeah, Juan Fran came to us with a, with a massive reputation of being top scorer in each of his Tethera groups for the last three seasons with different yeah. clubs each time. And that team had got promoted each season. Unfortunately, he just never found his rhythm with us. Um, I, th- I think I was saying on the show in, in pre-season, um, it, we, we, I need to start seeing this guy actually beating the keeper because he was getting into positions and, his, and he was forcing saves. But when it came down to it, the guy just wasn't hitting the back of the net. Um, and yeah, he just hadn't, he just didn't look sharp, uh, for, for me personally, when it came down to it, he just didn't look sharp in front of goal. Um, so again with, uh, and because he would have come in with a reputation, 
letting him go will also free up a bit of a bit of budget to allow us to bring in a player of Ruben Suarez's quality and Rafa Gomez as well. So if uh, if it was a straight choice for me from day one between Rafa Gomez and Juan Fran, it was going to be uh, it was going to be Juan Fran uh, who goes all day long. Um, I think you've just mentioned there the players that have come in. We've signed three players: Ruben Suarez, uh, Selvas, Javi Selvas, and Rafa Gomez. Um, what's your your initial thoughts on these players? Well, for, for me, Ruben Suarez is uh, it's a great coup. It's um, I mean, even at, even at Elche on Saturday, he was in the stands watching the game because he's uh, wasn't he wasn't registered in time to be able to play. Uh, and even the Elche fans were coming up, sort of having their photos taken with him and stuff, because uh, this is a guy that's been playing at a good level in Spain for the, for the last decade or so. Um, had, uh, had a very good first season in La Liga, but has been at sort of uh, Adelante, which is championship sort of level most of his career. Uh, was Castellon star player last season. And, and we've been very, very sort of uh, fortunate in many ways to, to be able to get him to come and play for us. So that, that could be a season-changing sort of, uh, sort of signing. Javi Selvas should then add a lot of steel to the defensive side of, it, side of our game. Again, was it Castellon last season? It Castellon won our division last season and, and Selvas was probably the second most important player in that, in that group. So, so that they are two very, very, very good signings. And what I love about getting Rafa Gomez back is that there's no, there's no sort of hidden surprises there. You know what Rafa's about. You know what he's going to bring to the side. He looked really good in pre-season. It was a shame that we uh, that we weren't able to agree terms with him until now. Um, and yeah, getting Rafa back in the side will be a, will be a great win for us. What's um, what what's the board's intentions with these signings? Are we still looking for promotion after the poor start, or is it now just about securing? Is there any talk of anything, or is it still it's still early on? Let's see what happens. Well, there's still a lot of football to be played, um, and the, the the seasons the season sort of aim was always to get into the playoffs. And one thing we do know about football at this level is that teams can go on a can go on a run very quickly and and get up to to that level. Now we're unbeaten in three, and if we can start stringing some wins together over the next sort of uh, next few weeks, we'll move up that table really, really quickly. Um, if you look at the teams that we've played so far this season, although at the start of the season you never really know, and it just feels really demoralising that we lost a few and we weren't, it didn't look like we were doing that well. But the teams that have beaten us are now up at the top end of the table. So, so it was no it, with sort of hindsight, no real sort of. Uh, there's, there's no real disgrace in, in losing those games. Now, if we can start to get some momentum, we can find ourselves moving up the table very quickly. Uh, Vincente, the president's sort of uh, mission is very, very clear. He's looking to make the team as strong as possible to give us the best possible chance of getting into the playoffs this season. Fantastic. It's good that that's still the aim. And as you say, a couple of victories, you can soon start flying up. Um, what, what's, what's the effect of the players leaving? As, as you said, the likes of Eddie... I know the other the other guys have only come in recently, but the likes of Eddie leaving, what's what's been the the thoughts around the, the stadium and the players of that? Um, I, I know Eddie was really popular within within the group um, of players, so they would have been disappointed to sort of see him go. But you've got to remember at this level that players come and go, players come and go, players come and go. Um, it's because all all we technically hold most of the time is just their registration. They're not sort of under sort of they're not like in the Premier League under three year contracts or anything like that. Players can go, and we can let them go quite quite easily. So it's I think it's very difficult to to get too attached to to a particular player at this sort of level, unless you've got someone like Jorge or Bagios who who have been with the club for a very long time because they're local lads. 
So, so yeah, I think people will have been sort of sorry to see Eddie go. Um, the other three weren't really around long enough to make much of an impression on on the sort of on the crowd. So there was no sort of real great uh, sort of mourning of them moving on. But of, of the four personally as well, it was it was a, sh- a shame to see Eddie go. But I can completely understand the reasoning. What um, is there any plans for any more signings coming in? Obviously, with four players going out and only three coming in. Um, there, there was talk a couple of weeks ago that there might there might be there might be somebody else sort of being lined up. I mean, we we knew about this um, this happening probably about four weeks ago, but Hello. obviously we were sworn to secrecy in case anything went wrong. Um, there's no there's no guarantee of a fourth, but but I wouldn't rule it out completely either. Okay, fantastic. Fingers crossed that's going to get um, get sorted out. We're just trying to get Paul back, but we've just got a couple of issues at the minute. Um, I'm just looking through the, the the upcoming fixtures, Chris. I mean, what's your thoughts on the next game? Well, the next the next games can stay on uh, and can stay on. Are probably the most famous club in the uh, in the division. Uh, they were in La Liga, uh, sort of in the, within the last sort of twenty years. They won the group last season. They play in a beautiful sort of sixteen to twenty thousand sort of seater stadium, uh, and they're 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 a proper club with real real sort of history. Plenty of fans. Uh, and uh, the, the trip that we made up there last year, I, I, I enjoyed thoroughly. Um, however, they're sitting just below us in the division this season, so so they're not in, they're not in great shape. Um, and uh, yeah, so this is this is a massive opportunity for us to really lay down another marker. If we can get a good win against them in the early kickoff on Sunday, then again, confidence is going to continue growing, not just with the players, but also with the people in in Torrebieca. And hopefully, we'll start to see a few more hundred uh, turning up to watch the games as well. Fantastic! I mean, fingers crossed we can um, we can keep putting up some decent results. I mean, draw, draws away from home, victories at home. I think that's um, it's always a nice way to nice way to keep your form going. I always look at it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we. I mean, under Pedrinho, the the home form has been a lot better than uh, than the away form. But uh, uh, yeah, it'd be really good to see if we can just. It, it's, to be honest, I don't care if it's home or away, home or away. Let's just get let's just get points on the board. So also this week, um, the manager of Castellón was relieved of his duties, Paul. Yeah, so I think it was the final straw for the board, and they got beat uh, by Novelda four-one this weekend. Uh, Novelda are a decent side, but it was obviously the straw that broke the camel back. Uh, Roman Calderi was um, dismissed on Monday morning. Um, so straight away they brought in a new guy, Kiko Ramirez, as their new coach. He was appointed, I think it was Wednesday. Um, he's a 45-year-old ex-Malaga player. Um, his last position in coaching was with Segunda B-side Hospitalita. Pardon their pronunciation. Um, it's pretty much expected that he's not going to make that many changes in the squad, but uh, we're not sure yet if he's actually going to be in charge for this weekend's game or whether he's just going to sit back and watch and be in charge from the following week. Fingers crossed he, is, um, he has to sit back and they the continue the struggles, Chris. Yeah, I mean, it's always nice to wish sort of new managers well and everything, but but not this weekend. Um, he can start picking up some points later in the season. <laughs> um, Paul, do you want to just run us through the rest of the games from the weekend? OK, so the other games this weekend have been Niganim 3, Villarreal C3, Recambios Colón 0, Boreal 2, Rayo Abense 1, Antinien 0, Toro Levante 1, Muro 1, and then Sunday's games, Paterna 1, Atletico Sagantino 1, uh, Castellón 
one, Navelda four, as I've just said, Jove Espanol one, Acero one, Orejuela two, Crevalente Deportivo one, Bunyol one, Althea and L. So quite a few draws there. Definitely. Um, giving us a chance just to start moving up a bit if they continue to draw games. Um, just for the Football Manager fans out there, Paul, John, just tell us who the top goal scorers are and top assists, etc. in the league. OK, as we just talked about the guy that we faced and, and conceded against this weekend, Nua of Elche, Lissitano, is on joint top is seven alongside uh, David Grande of Altira and Carlos de Steve of Atletico Sugantino at the top of the table. They're all on seven then. We've got four guys on six. We've got Mauro Mello of Althea again. Fergeka of Biniganim on six. Victor Pino of Boreal and Mario Real of Muro on six. And I'm glad you pronounced them and not me. <laughs> the other end of the pitch, uh, the clean sheet. We've got Paredes, who I mentioned last week, of Antinians is still with his five clean sheets. They got beat this weekend. And then there's a, quite a few on four. Probably the pick for me, uh, as I said last week, Rosimo Villarreal, the young guy and Adrian Luna of Atletico Sugantino with four Fantastic well what we'll do is we'll go to our FM scout so Chris who are you recommending this week? Well I think to be fair that the, there's only one player that you can really have a look at this week just to see if uh, just to get an early impression of whether he's going to make the impact that we all hope he's going to make and that's Ruben Suarez uh, the guy's as I said earlier he's got a fantastic pedigree of playing at a high level in Spain um so to get a player like that playing in, in Tetera at Torrebieca, definitely worth uh, checking him out, seeing if he's worth uh, worth taking to one of your Spanish clubs or whichever club you might be managing. Fantastic. That's definitely someone to check out then, Ruben Suarez. So this week, obviously, it's Castillon at home. Um, great day of football and there's some food, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's give that a little bit more of an excited build-up than you've just done there, Paul. We've got Castillon at home this weekend and it's going to be a grand day of football in Paella. Um, yeah, so we're, uh, as, as we said, Castellon are probably the biggest club in the, in the division, former La Liga, um, always take quite a few fans with them, should be a really good day. Uh, we brought the kickoff early to, uh, earlier to 12 o'clock on, on Sunday, and then the president, in, uh, in collaboration with a company called Segur Lab, uh, are throwing on some free paella for everyone who attends. So the game will kick off at 12, and then the food will be dished out at 2 o'clock, um, and hopefully with three points in the bag, then it'll be a bit of a bit of a sort of a family fiesta for the rest of the afternoon. Fantastic! Definitely get yourself down there and eat some lovely food. Also, just to throw something else in, um, j- just in case we are fortunate enough to get this up online in time, at uh, seven o'clock this evening at the local commercial centre Habanaras, uh, we're going to be doing a live press conference and sort of official unveiling of the three new signings as well. Brilliant. So, uh, so hopefully there'll be quite a bit of press coverage, and hopefully we'll get quite a few sort of people down to uh, to, to meet the meet the new players, uh, uh, get a few autographs signed, and, and and all those sort of great things. So, uh, so yeah, there'll hopefully be some photos and sort of coverage of that up online over in the next sort of day or so. But if there is anyone in the local area that uh, that wants to come down and meet the new players, tonight's the time to do it. Fantastic. Let's hope for Tovieka talk soundbite. <clears throat> Um, but that's it for this show. Thanks for listening. Um, don't forget you can catch us on YouTube, SoundCloud and iTunes. And if you are listening on iTunes, please be nice and leave a nice review. We will, will appreciate that. Um, we are hoping to get some interviews on Toy Record Talk soon. Paul is working very hard in the background with that. Um, and don't forget to check out um, the FMC and Merseyside Socials Toy Record on 
Facebook, check out at CD at CD underscore EN. And then also check out at Merseyside, Mersey Socials, sorry, where you will get updates of the game um, throughout. At FM Central, I will retweet whatever I see during the games. Um, as always, Chris, thanks, thank you for coming on. No worries. And Paul, as always, thank Hi. you, sir. Thank you. And we will see you all next week.